You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's get back to the Thursday Night Football conversation. Pleased to be joined by our good friend Nick Ferguson, the former Broncos safety. So, Nick, as we watched last night, we saw Brock Osweiler come off the bench and lead Denver to a comeback victory on the road in Indy. Looking ahead to next season, is the Broncos starter for week one in 2018 on their current roster? You know, gentlemen, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, when I look at the current quarterback situation, I said at this point, yes. Because if you look at some of the guys that are coming out this, this year, uh, I don't really believe uh, in those guys, those young quarterbacks. Being now you're asking John Elway to possibly endure another season of mediocre play with a, a young quarterback. Uh, Brock Osweiler did show some flashes last night, and yes, it was against uh, the Colts, who were 3-11, and but you wanted to see a quarterback at least move the ball down the field because in the past couple of weeks, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, and even Brock Osweiler at one point, they didn't really have uh, any consistency that you wanted to see in your offense. So uh, for a team that uh, was able to notch the second uh, win of the season, especially after not winning a game over two months, I think John Elwood was pretty much satisfied with what he saw out of Brock Osweiler last night. You talked about Brock Osweiler moving the team up and down the field. Uh, last week, we had a chance to see Blake Bortles do that against the Seattle Seahawks and now having a chance to play against Houston at home. They get this win, they're in. How big of a game is this for Jacksonville? Let's date it all the way back uh, to when Tom Coughlin was actually the head coach for this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Well, uh, this is not just a big game for the franchise. This is a much larger game for uh, the guy you just uh, mentioned, Blake Bortles. I mean, uh, at the start of the season, everyone know that Coughlin was putting putting together a great defense, and they've showed uh, what they can do as a cohesive unit. But Blake Bortles was the only problem with this team, and I've listened to both you and uh, Beware but debate that and say, well, if this team were to get to uh, the playoffs, it would be on the merit of their defense because that weak link was Bortles. But he's been playing well over the past couple of weeks, and you just mentioned the game. I think was a statement game for not just the, the Jaguars, but Blake Bortles being able to go out there and play a great game against a decent a Seattle Seahawks defense. And I know it, it wasn't the Legion of Boom of old, so that, that changed a lot of things. But I want to give credit what credit was due. I mean, he threw the ball down the field. He slid inside the pocket. And the biggest thing that uh, Blake Borders was known for was making mistakes. He did not do that. So, so moving forward, you have to like the Jacksonville Jaguars' chances of winning the game of this weekend against Houston, a team that they just totally you know, ramshackled at the beginning of the season. I believe their defense had about nine uh, turnovers, excuse me, nine sacks in that game and forced three turnovers. So they're looking to have uh, the ability to dish out the same thing and get their team into the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Taking you around the league with Nick Ferguson, former NFL safety, spent a decade in the pros among his stops, New York. So, Nick, as a former Jet, let's talk about a few things going on with Gang Green. You have offense coordinator John Morton conceding that he tried to run out the clock on the road in Denver, perhaps understandable because Josh McCown was hurt, but certainly not a very positive mindset to be displaying publicly. And now we know that Muhammad Wilkerson is not going to be getting on the plane 
When the Jets go to New Orleans, he's being left home because of breaking another team rule. He showed up late to the facility today. What do you make of what's going on in the midst of a positive season for the Jets when a lot of people thought they might go winless? They have five victories, but it feels like they're not closing the season out strongly. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned opening and closing. They start out the season in terrible fashion, and everyone was calling for Mike McCagnett. Uh, his head for him and Todd Bowles to be fired. It seems as though uh, after overcoming that onslaught at the very beginning and then putting uh, together some great games, now they're reverting back to the same old Jets and a little bit of dysfunction in, in, the, in that locker room. And that tells you a lot about the growth and maturity of a team and not having a bunch of team leaders in the locker room that you go on, you go on a run and then all of a sudden everyone's feeling great about themselves and then now – things start to go back to the way they were at the very beginning of the season, and you revert back to the same old behavior. Uh, to me, I'm not surprised. Uh, Todd Bowles, like I said, I played for Todd Bowles, and he was my DB coach when I was a member of the Denver, uh, excuse me, the New York Jets. But you have to be able to send a message to your player. I don't care who you are, how much money you make, or the level of production you think that you give to this team. You break a team rule, there's consequences for, for those actions. So moving forward, uh, Todd is doing the right thing. It's just sad and unfortunate that Wilkinson won't be there to fight with his teammates as much as they, they need him. But uh, it just tells you a lot about that locker room and how they need to find a way to show that up in 2018. The Rams have truly improved uh, this year across the board defensively, especially on the offensive side of the football, which got them right now in the position to maybe go on the road and get a win against Seattle and pretty much claim that division. But the things that I have question marks about them with is they lost to Seattle once there at the Coliseum. Uh, They went on the road and lost to Minnesota, only scored seven points. And then they just lost to Philly at home. This team is five and one on the road. They're not afraid to travel. Give me your take on what is it going to take for this Rams team to be able to come out of that, out of that stadium with a victory. Well, well, Cordell, they, they, have to play their this style of football. They have to remember that uh, they ran the ball well with Tar Gurley earlier this year. Uh, Robert Woods will be back. Uh, I don't know how much involved he would be with the offense, especially missing several weeks with that shoulder injury. And Jerry Goff has to remember they listen. I mean, everyone was writing me off. Sean McVay was a young coach. Now everyone was talking about is once again patting us on the back. And in the NFL, you know this as well as I do. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs, but you have to be able to bounce back. And now, after everything you were able to accomplish this season, now you're starting out with a team that pretty much has run this division for the past three or four years and the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, they beat you in your own place. But the reason they beat you wasn't just because they were just that much better. It's just that you could not make that last throw and catch to uh, Cooper Cup uh, in the end zone. If, if, if he catches that pass... That changes the whole complexity of where we are right now. So you cannot allow the noise of Seattle to get to you. This is a statement game for the organization. Yes, you are a young team. Yes, you are inexperienced. But if you want to put yourself on the map, it's going to start with a game against the Seattle Seahawks and being able to punch them in the teeth and being able to sustain their initial urge at the beginning of the game. Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Nick, you and I have not had much of an MB, uh, MVP discussion, so let's change that now. How do you see the race this year, and what are you going to do with Antonio Brown knowing that no wide receiver in the history of the National Football League has ever won the coveted individual award? 
Well, you know, I hope the individuals don't hold that against him because he's had a uh, sensation of the year. Uh, we watched him and his tirade on the sideline. Uh, Offensive coordinator Ty Haley frustrated that he wasn't getting the ball, but now it seems like he and Ben are, are back on the same page. And, you know, you can double-team him, you can triple-team him. He still is going to find a way to get the ball. And, and I know we're talking about Carson Wentz uh, at the very beginning, but he suffered that injury, and that just kind of terrible for him. And the guy of all guys is Tom Brady. You know, he's 40. Uh, could he get his team back to a Super Bowl? Uh, but, you know, I, I like breaking, you know, getting outside of tradition. So you know, I would love to see Antonio Brown actually win the coveted award because when I mean, you talk about MVP, it's the guy who, has mean, who means the most to his team. And you look at the fact if you take him out of the equation, that changes everything for Le'Veon Bell and what he can do in the running game. And it definitely changes all the things from a statistical standpoint for Ben Roethlisberger. So I hope, you know, this is the year that, you know, we go outside the norm and a wide receiver finally wins that coveted award. I tell you what, he gets this win against New England. I think he'll probably be at the top of that conversation. Uh, But I think it'll be a great conversation with Aaron Rodgers coming back. Uh, Give me your take on what does he need to do against this team that that's that's shown that they're capable of getting after the quarterback from a defensive standpoint and how do you think the game plan need to be for him to actually find his way to get into a good rhythm to be able to be successful to me for a guy who uh, sustained his uh, second collarbone injury over the couple past couple years to me i'm thinking short quick throws put him in that type of offense that peyton manning has enjoyed when he was playing which you sit in the shotgun you already know where you want to go with the ball if that first option isn't there you go to your second option. But what, what the true test is going to be the first contact he receives and Julius Peppers brings him to the ground because last week we saw Peppers look like he turned back the clock against the Minnesota Vikings, and that Vikings uh, offensive line was just, just kind of decimated by that pass rush of the Carolina Panthers. So it's going to be interesting, and that's the thing that raises a lot of questions about, you know, why now? Why not, you know, another week? And I know we're saying, okay, well, this is a game that they need to stay in a division race, but also you have a franchise quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that you need to get two, three more years out of because from what we've seen in his stead, you know, Hundley's not the guy. So you want to try to keep uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, clean in the pocket, but quick throws, you got to get the ball out of his hands and so they don't get a time or rhythm on the quarterback and you don't want to see several guys pouncing on your quarterback. Finally, Nick, sources close to the NFL on TuneIn Report. You're about to check out the Star Wars movie. Will you go dressed up as Yoda tonight? No, I will not go dressed up in Yoda, but I will have on a Yoda T-shirt. Nice. So I guess that doesn't classify uh, as going dressed as the Green Master himself. These are not the droids you're looking for. Cordell, what's your favorite Star Wars memory in 60 seconds or less? My my favorite, uh, I would say... Darth Vader, just when he would come out and how he would impose his darkness on everyone and the breathing. I mean, it was, it's always the villain that always get all the love and all the attention. You know, it's well, just like Batman. Batman looked like he's the villain, but he gets beat up all the time. He doesn't fall into the category of being the superhero. But I think Darth Vader is the guy uh, that I love most just watching because everything else is what it was. But Darth Vader, come on, man. He's the guy. Every, he's the only villain that everyone loves. Freddy Krueger, Jason, no one likes those guys, but everyone <laughs> loves Darth Vader. Everyone. Yeah, no one likes the ch 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 ch
Nobody, because you know he's coming with a, a machete ready to do something to you. Just like hot takes, man, tearing it up. Nick, enjoy the film and rest up. I'm going to need a lot of fantasy tidbits from you on Sunday because all of our listeners need to know what's going on in the fantasy semifinals, okay? I will do so, my friend. Hey, guys, have a great weekend. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.